Hello and welcome back to Trashy Trashy. My name is Erica Curry. Hi, my name is Cassandra Cardenas. Cass, why are you trash this week? This week I am trash because I couldn't... So I moved this week, as you may know, or if you follow me on Instagram, you know. And so like I I, I have a vibrator and um, I couldn't figure out how to pack it because I was like, where do I put this thing so that I, what if someone sees it or catches me with it, which is stupid. I'm allowed to have one. So what I did was I just kind of poured all of the contents of my nightstand into a box and labeled it nightstand. And I kind of hid it under like just like random nightstand shit so that if anyone opened it, they'd be like, oh, this is just a nightstand box. And they wouldn't look through it and they wouldn't find my vibrator. Although here I am talking about it on a podcast. So I guess uh, the secret is out. My vibrator is in my nightstand box. <laughs> Why now are you know. trash this now week? Yeah. You know what's interesting? As I was thinking about this, as I was kind of like, why does this make me trash? Do you think it's more embarrassing or less? Like what if you have a cheap vibrator versus an expensive one? Like which one is like more awkward to be caught with in your opinion? A cheap vibrator you think so uh yeah i mean it's you gotta spend the money yeah no i know i've i've been i've been told that because i have a cheap vibrator and i'm like i have to stop using this thing it sucks and i think it's ruining me (laughs) but but then i'm like well if i would have gotten caught with a really nice expensive one that like people are like telling me is great does that make me look worse because it's like wow this bitch has an 80 dollar vibrator you know I mean, it's hard to put a money, a a dollar amount on happiness is what I've always thought. There you go. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just like, what makes me look less single? Why are you trash this week? (laughs) I've been making what I call white trash sandwiches for lunch, which is where I make a toasted turkey sandwich, Uh a little bit of mayo, a little bit of uh, spicy mustard, Uh uh, gouda cheese that I laid down, a nice layer of Gouda, and then I put sour cream and onion chips inside of it. Oh, shit. That doesn't sound... I mean, that sounds fucking fire. They're like, um, It just reminds me of... It reminds me of being like white trash growing up, going to the lake, and that was right. like a lake sandwich. You didn't have the hands to have chips and a sandwich. You just had to have it on the sandwich. I think that once you try one... If you're just like, I'm going to put one chip in my sandwich to see how I feel. Then suddenly it's really hard to have sandwiches without chips in them. <laughs> oh, it's, I mean, that's why I've been doing, I'm out of chips now. So now it's like, how do I have a sandwich? I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't have any more chips. Hey, your camera's off and I want to see you. For the listeners, I like to um, see Erica. I know. My internet is being super slow. So I thought that that would help with it. I'm so oh, sorry. Right. No, it's cool. I'll just imagine what you look like. Can you still just see me? Just imagine me beautiful. I always I do. can, which makes me very happy. Okay, cool. Then here we are. This is the dynamic. She's just probably rolling her eyes at me right now, and I just can't even fucking see it. Do you want to get in the stories? Oh, my goodness. We did it, Cass. We did it. What do we do? We brought down Ellen DeGeneres. Yes. We did it here at Trashy it was, Trashy Podcast. It was this podcast that broke the straw on the camel, that was the straw on the camel's back that broke Hello, it. you're welcome. Yeah, so it looks like three Ellen DeGeneres producers are out after misconduct accusations. Uh, three senior producers and uh, Ed Galvin, Kevin Lehman, who's the show's head writer, and uh, the co-executive producer, Jonathan Norman. Uh, all are gonzo is that ellen is still there <laughs> you know yeah so, the head of the head of the snake is still there yeah she also ellen DeGeneres' shows has upgraded its perks for the staff following all these allegations of it being a fucking nightmare to work there so now you can have paid time off for doctor's appointments you can have birthdays off and uh, you get five paid days off a year pretty cool that you have not been giving this to people already exactly (laughs) when i saw that i was like excuse me they don't have paid time off for doctor's appointments already that had to be like a negotiated perk i mean for what it's worth i don't have things like that you know i don't have actually Mm -hmm. any of these perks 
but I don't work on Ellen DeGeneres's fucking show doing anything, you know? So, and not that that makes a difference, but it's just, that's a pretty, that's a job. That's a full blown, this is your career. And imagine you're like, you can't even take five paid days off of vacation a year. Now, I know that the model is that they get hiatuses, but those aren't paid high, like the hiatus time where you are off isn't paid. No, it's not. So, so this is something they should have been doing already. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, I just think it's garbage the way the entertainment industry chews up talent of any scale. I don't give a fuck if it's your birthday, Candace. Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston made eye contact at the Emmys, and we need you to write six fucking jokes about it. <laughs> Head writer Cassandra Cardenas. Yes. Newly appointed writer for The Ellen Show. I'm here to change the culture, you fucking losers. Speaking of changing... Jesus, I don't know. I can't even do this segue because this story upsets me so much. According to mirror.co.uk slash news slash weird news slash passengers foot massage plane sparks... A woman, okay, a video of a woman giving a foot massage to the guy behind her during a flight has gone viral. Allegedly, this man just, I mean, I guess it's not allegedly, except we weren't on the plane, but we didn't need to be to feel the bleh. He took his He took his shoes off and he just popped his foot right up there on the armrest. He's obviously like an aisle seat guy. Put his foot right up on that armrest and then the woman started rubbing his foot. Rubbing his foot with her hands on a plane. I just can't do it. Do they know each other? I don't think so. I was reading this article that earlier in this flight, this guy was trying to warm up leftover like food with the book lamp. Like, because they didn't oh have a God. microwave on what board What is happening? Him. This is fucking bullshit. First of all, I don't take my shoes off on a flight ever. Maybe, maybe mm. an international flight, but like, honestly, there's been international flights where I've looked down and be like, oh, I had my shoes on this whole time. I won't do it. I bring a separate, I bring a separate pair of shoes and slippers specifically for the plane. Yeah. I travel with a different set that is plane only shoes. And if I'm gonna take my shoes off, I'll keep my socks on. I'm not going to just barefoot it. And also shoes or not, I'm never putting my fucking foot on the armrest ahead of me. Like, there's just so many problems here, Erica. Start to fucking finish. A, too much too much exposed foot. B, you put your foot up on the armrest, so rude, and then C, she rubbed it. Huh? She rubbed it down. And the social protocol has been completely broken. This is Everything, so trashy in what's so many up is ways. down? I mean- Honestly, if I was on that flight, I literally would have saw that and gone, this plane's going to crash. This plane's going to crash. No one would ever believe me. No one will ever believe me when I say that this happened. Yes. Yes. Because if things like that can happen, then what the fuck are we even doing? You know? Why? I might as well just fucking press my boobs up against the window and fucking chant like Satan curses because that's still not as weird. As this to me. And this is from someone. And this is from someone who has admitted to being in a half mile high club. I know, right? Yeah, no. All social protocols. Totally. When I saw this headline, I was like, oh, of course we're bringing this up because I fucking said last week on the podcast that I gave a hand job on a plane once, which is true. It is what it is. But guess what? I gave a hand job to a person I knew pretty well. Not just a hand job to a foot. An <laughs> unfamiliar a foot. foot. A foot. I'm having, uh, I have a. I hate feet. I have a a real foot problem. I don't like your feet. I don't like my feet. I don't like feet in general. This morning, (laughs) I had to take my boyfriend to urgent care because he sprained his foot. Oh, no. And last night, it was sore. It was hurting. He asked me to massage his foot, which is practically putting a gun to my head. And I said, okay, but I, I didn't, I couldn't look at it. I couldn't look at the foot. I don't. So I had to be vocally guided. Oh my God. Really? That would make me so hurt my feelings so bad. If so, if I asked someone who I loved and who I've been with for a very long time to please, my foot hurts, please just rub it. And then they did it 
looking away. <laughs> it was so it was so intimate, but I was so not a part of that moment as well. Okay, so I was on a date, right? That was, you know, began socially distant and then wasn't. And oh. <laughs> I don't know what to say. And I, in a completely non-sexual way, I touched a foot. And I even, as it happened, I went, oh my God, I just touched your foot. And, you know, just threw the brakes on everything because I didn't know why it happened. I didn't know why I did that. I didn't know what happened because it is intimate. I think it was one of those things where it's like, it's, it's COVID. And so I haven't like been around people. So I forgot. And that's the only way (laughs) I forgot, like who I know well versus who I don't know. Well, I'm just like, you're a person. You touched a foot. (laughs) I'm no better than this woman. I'm realizing it now. That's why now, I'm so offended by the stories because it's me. <laughs> oh God! That is the story from the Bible that you know Jesus washes people's feet, and that's like <laughs> such a sign of like respect and endearment. And that's how I felt last night. I felt like I was Jesus oh massaging his sore foot and he- bringing <laughs> healing to it. This is not the only time I've heard you compare yourself to Christ. <laughs> we're both we were both 33 we have long brown hair and i've been dead for seven days it's not a big deal yeah i don't know this this story just fucks me up i i really like it really just it bugs me i i don't i don't have like a feet thing per se i just there's just something about it, like the arrogance and then also just the... I think I don't like when people who are really arrogant and cocky, things go as they expect them to go. I think that that upsets me a lot too. Not that he was putting his foot up there necessarily for a foot massage, but it's like, I bet that if you're like that guy who's like, I'm going to put my foot up here, like I don't give a fuck about the person in front of me, and then you get a foot massage, he's like, <laughs> yeah. Like that's what I feel like... Oh God! I, we get just ugh. to be that bold. I love the way the story is written too. So it says she then takes a hold of his bare foot and begins rubbing it up and down. <sighs> That's graphic to me. I would rather read hardcore pornography than about somebody massaging a foot like that. That's yeah, I, like in the way where I don't do anal. You don't do you don't do foot massages. I don't do, I mean, I can get a pedicure. I can get a pedicure, but I don't like to watch myself getting a pedicure. Exactly. I can peg someone. (laughs) 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 Oh, man. I didn't realize like, you know, five, six episodes and I was going to start swinging for the fences so hard on my sex life on this podcast. But I feel like it's just, it's part of who I am when we're talking about why I'm a dumpster fire. I love (sighs) Yeah. Never okay. apologize. I never will again. Okay. So speaking of speaking of apologizing, <laughs> that's a that's a cast segue. Woo! Um, fucking Donald Trump. He has announced plans that he is going to grant a posthumous pardon on Tuesday afternoon to women's right activist Susan B. Anthony, who was charged with voting illegally in the 1872 presidential election. And then Trump said she was never pardoned. Did you know that? And then he uh, signed a proclamation marking the 100th anniversary 100th anniversary of the ratification of the 19th Amendment, which granted the women the right to vote. White women the right to vote. Right. Right. So Susan B. Anthony, notorious racist. Was she really? Yeah. She was basically like, I'll chop off my own foot before I let a black man vote. Whoa. Damn, Uh, Susan B. Anthony. Yeah, she was. She was. Maybe I'm pair. Allegedly. I've been advised by legal counsel that I should use the words allegedly more. Yeah. In this podcast. So, really? <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much to, to my legal counsel. You know who you are. Allegedly, she said something basically, like, I'll cut the nose right off my face before I let black people vote. Holy guacamole, Susan. I just think that it's ironic that he's granting pardon to someone who committed election fraud, voter fraud, <laughs> <laughs> considering like 
that's like his biggest like fear ever apparently is like that people will lie on elections and stuff and then it, but you just told susan b anthony's like corpse that it was fine i read somewhere that also the susan b anthony foundation or the museum basically said no thank you we don't accept the pardon well do you, can you was- imagine like like just being a you know are you, you were feminists you wake up one day trump you know, he pardoned Susan B. Anthony for her hundred dollar fine back in eighteen seventy two. Like, and then we were both like, "He does like women." Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. Who was this appealing to? Who did this sway? Oh, you know what? Now I'm on his side. There must be something huge happening that they needed him to miss that meeting. Like, honestly, <laughs> Donald, something really important happening Donald, that they were like, your- have him here. Here's your crayons. Why don't you go pardon Susan B. Anthony in the other room and while the grown-ups talk? Yeah, well, we talk to Fauci and try not to lose 300,000 people before the election. Speaking of Dr. the Trump administration, did you hear that the Oklahoma governor was issued a warning from the White House that basically said Oklahoma is a hotbed for the coronavirus and he ignored it? Did he really? Allegedly, Kevin Stitt... (laughs) ignored it and didn't pass it on can we just have like an overall like blanket allegedly on this podcast allegedly okay everything that we're about to say is all alleged boom we're safe i think that i mean i'm not a lawyer but i think that holds up in court i think so too i mean it's being recorded you know by the way this is the state of california do i have your permission to record you erica yes i do do i have your permission to record you Yes, you do. So Oklahoma's Great. We're a two-party right? state. Yeah, two-party state. We should start our own country. Trash mania. Trash mania. You know, I I was fascinated as a kid with like people that have not like sovereign citizens, not people within the United States that are just like, nope, not me. You can't tax me or give me an ID. But uh-huh. people that have been like, fuck you, and then started their own nation. Or <laughs> like, have you heard Can about you these do people? It? I've seen a Family Guy episode where they did that, which to say out loud. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of, but I'm pretty sure that people have just declared their own nations before and like in their backyard and they're like, everything that the sun touches is mine. (laughs) (laughs) And by that, I mean, what is zoned by the city of of Latonka for me? Yeah, no kidding. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure like I was having, you know, a drink in the park once and a homeless guy said that to me and I was like, yeah, you're right. Sorry. I'll get out of your hair. Speaking of yesterday, I had a friend's birthday at a park and it was like a socially distanced tang Uh and people were openly drinking and no one gave a shit. (laughs) Really? How many people were there? I would say 12 to 14 at its peak. Ooh. Everyone was distant. I felt comfortable because I'm very on the Corona slide. Like I am very anxious. Oh, but are you saying they were just openly drinking in the park? Openly drinking in the park. Oh and then yeah. One- no, that's it. Drinking in public's allowed now. I don't know if you know that. Yeah, we're just going to enjoy the apocalypse regardless. So we've decided yeah. that drinking in public is just fine. There was like a big moment where I was like, I would just do it all the time because I needed to get out of my house. It's been pretty hot lately, so I haven't been doing as much. You know, I'll go socially distance and be like, oh, do you want a koozie cast? I'm like, no, I literally don't. The No one scares me. I'm not afraid. <laughs> a man just drove his car into the park, take that, you know, like to deassemble after a birthday party as well. Oh, my God. Like another party of a guy just drove in. <laughs> it beat we are everything. ascending into chaos. It was, you know, like the the scene in the zombie movie where somebody wakes up and they realize like, oh, the world is zombie world now. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I felt. I was like, what is happening? I feel like that when I'm driving sometimes, like not so much anymore because more people are on the road, but like come like April-ish and like you you get on the freeway and people are literally like drag racing and Uh you're like, yeah. Yeah, I guess. I guess there's no one here or like just people like weaving back and forth on the lanes just for like the fucking thrill. It's Oh, people insane. like 80 was like the baseline speed at one point in on the freeways and yeah. I was getting past 
left and right. Yeah. I mean, whatever. Like, I, I don't know what people expect. <laughs> oh, this is Fuck it. the chillest apocalypse ever. Yeah, dude. Speaking of a dude, an Arkansas <laughs> farmer defaced the grave of his nemesis, police say. Yeah, it's a good one. I like it. Okay. Uh, yeah, so. That was the C minus. Uh, no, I, fuck, I fucking thought it was A+. Plus. Joseph Stroud, he's 78. He was charged earlier this month with defacing objects, uh, a gravestone, to the, like from this guy, Fred McKinney. Yeah, the family of Fred McKinney found dead animals on his grave multiple times between May and July. So Joseph Stroud was dressing up and like with like a windbreaker and a wig and just leaving dead animals because him and Fred McKinney just didn't fucking get along, which I fucking so, think is so funny. That is so petty. He dressed like a woman to sneak into the cemetery and to face his grave. The level of garbage that both of them have to be. <laughs> I, I'm like, what on earth happened between these two people? I'm sure it was over something as little as a $50 bill that one of them forgot to pay the other back for. I mean, honestly, like leaving dead animals on the grave, like the sexual tension is palpable between these two. You know, you you won, Joseph. You're not dead. Fred is. But then also like. Was that rivalry keeping you alive? On yeah, that's I have some hate in my heart and some spite for people that I truly think is like besides vitamin C and energy drinks is what keeps me alive. <laughs> it's part of your like balanced breakfast. You just have like one of those like pill A things, vitamin your vitamins. C. So you open it and you like pill, 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 and then at the bottom is just like your fucking nemesis's name, and you're like. Right. Right. Now I can continue to live today. I, I mean, love six, this story so much. I think it's great. 16 dead animals. Like, I wish that they would get into what kind of animals. I'm hoping just like squirrels and birds. Oh, the best part is that Joseph Stroud has denied this. He's like, that yeah, he's me. like, nope, no involvement. Nope, nope. <laughs> I, uh, I didn't like Fred McKinney, uh, but uh, that wasn't me. My sons will I'm hate his I'm not a lady son. 16. <laughs> yeah yeah this is some Hatfield and McCoy shit but in the modern day I love it I fucking love it Romeo and Juliet I don't know I think that there was maybe they kissed once I don't know I don't know where is this happening in Oklahoma uh, Arkansas oh. in Arkansas it was in Arkansas Arkansas whatever unrequited love speaking of unrequited love hey um According to Miro.co, there was a couple who were moments away from saying I do before a woman crashed their wedding and claimed that she was pregnant with the groom's baby. Yeah. The beautiful outdoor ceremony was interrupted. Now, here's my problem. a beautiful video. Did you? Yeah, I watched the video. Why are you having a fucking outdoor ceremony during COVID? But I mean, I know that's not what it's about. It doesn't matter. I just, I get irritated with people mm -hmm. having weddings during COVID. So this was in Michigan. This woman is screaming, like, I know you hear me. You're acting like you don't know me. And then finally, the bride's daughter chucks her fucking bouquet and comes out, comes after the girl, which is pretty incredible. <laughs> it's like Honestly, amazing. I don't care if TikTok is stealing all of our information and selling it on the black market for moments like this tiktok is absolutely worth it totally i agree i agree i don't need my face that bad i like yeah. that the the pastor was like the show must go on and just ignored her and continued to read the vows you've been training for this david just keep going oh, i was gonna say as a wedding officiant as somebody that's officiated two weddings I understand what it is to helm someone's very, very important day. Yeah, and you totally. got to get a handle on that crowd. I, uh, I've officiated one wedding. And, uh, you're right, oh. center of attention. I mean, besides the bride, but what you're what you're doing is important. Bell of the ball. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize you were ordained. I was. Yeah, I got uh, my mom married once to her third husband they didn't bring me back for the fourth go figure i i tell the couples i only officiate one because you're saying they won't get divorced yeah that's that's what i hope but 
I'm I'm batting 50-50. Yeah. Are you really? One of them got divorced? Yeah. Unfortunately, well, yeah. You know, I'm batting well, they got divorced, so I'm batting pretty bad. I want another one to maybe make up for my record, but also I'm afraid that it, you know, what if it's me, you know? Because I do include in my uh, speech. Maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. Who cares? <laughs> I take the vows very serious. I like, I get down and I'm like, here's what I'm going to say, and here's what I think about marriage, and here's what I'm, I mean, I'm just going to say this I'm a good wedding officiant. I'm sure. I'm sure you're the best. I I think I'm good I'm saying, with I like wanna... a speech. You know, give me a speech. I don't know about me officiating. I don't think I have it in me. I get too emotional. I cry. It's just too much. It was everything in me. I one time gave a wedding speech. I gave a speech at a friend's wedding in Mexico where I told a story about the groom saving me from a group of cholos. Okay. And I used the term, save me from a group of cholos at a Mexican resort. And the staff shot me the absolute worst looks you could imagine. Uh, It didn't even occur to me. I was trying to play up the gentlemanliness of the groom and how grateful I was that he saved me one night. And I royally screwed that speech up yeah i mean you can't give that speech you gotta we gotta edit that i think you were saved by saved from a group of men who happen to be jola yeah i fucked up (laughs) well you know what what can you do speaking of well what can you do a 19-year-old Kansas Democrat who is admitted to revenge porn, he won a primary. Aaron Coleman has admitted that he's harassed girls online when he was in middle school, that he called a sixth grade girl fat and told her that she should kill herself, and seven years ago told another girl who was 13 at the time that he would circulate a naked photo of her if she didn't send him more naked photos. When she refused, he uh, followed through on that threat. So... <laughs> What happened, Kansas? Like the final count was eight twenty three to eight oh nine. Like, is he is he running on that, or is he trying to like say that he's changed, or because he took out a seven term incumbent, you know, and so and he's only nineteen and he's a Democrat, so it's like, is he trying, you know, be a part of the change? or um, this isn't his only remarks he also said that if you don't wear a mask that it's mask it or casket so he wished his opponent i believe dead if they didn't wear a mask yeah i don't love this it'd be different if it was like coming out you know like that he was like, oh, I feel really bad about it, but I did do it and stuff like that. It's more like girls are being like, he's done this to me. And he's like, yeah. And now I'm yeah. fucking running for Congress. So suck on that, bitch. I mean, it just shows to me like every vote fucking counts. Big time. Teen votes had him defeating the incumbent. Stan Fraunfelter. Fraunfelter. That's quite the last name. I just um, think Mr. Coleman is garbage. <laughs> yeah, he's a piece of shit. I I, I feel that too because I'm I'm I just I'm not finding anything very redeeming about him. Also, 11, 19 years old. Like I don't think that we should have seventy year olds running for president, but I don't know about a nineteen year old in the House of Representatives. The term "young, dumb, and full of cum" comes to mind when I think of someone like that running for office at nineteen. He's gonna. Do something bad. <clears throat> Speaking of do something bad, the Los Angeles mayor, Eric Garcetti, had ordered the power cut at a swanky Hollywood Hills residence that the police said was holding parties in violation of public health orders. He did that, of course, to slow the spread of the coronavirus. And this house is, it's known as Sway House on TikTok. It holds a bunch mm-hmm. of TikTok stars, uh, including Bryce Hall. I don't know who the fuck Bryce Hall is, but the LA Times felt the need to mention that. So Bryce Hall lives there. I know who Bryce Hall is, which is why I'm garbage. (laughs) Sway House. Now, is this like a lot? There's like a lot of people. Oh, it's a lot of white guys live there. A, a A young handful of white men live there. Yes. A gaggle of white men, perhaps. A, pr- a pride of white boys, if you will. 
Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. A grouping of white boys. They also held a party Friday night in Encino. So I guess like Sway House don't stop. <laughs> Sway House don't stop. That sounds like we're hyping them up. I know, right? It sounds like I'm on their team. You guys, stop having fucking parties. Stop like, having Like, I know parties. parties are fun. Parties are the best. I miss them so much, but stop. Please. Stop having indoor parties where no one wears a mask. God fucking damn it. According to Vulture.com, there's a show called Cuties that's slated to arrive in, onto Netflix in September. It's a French language film. From writer and director, Maimona Ducoué. I can't. There's, You know what happens to me when there's accents involved. I don't mean that in any way other than the fact that I'm too stupid to know which what an I with two dots sounds like. Yeah. So the story tells uh, of Amy, an 11-year-old Singalese immigrant. The film received relatively positive reviews at Sundance. The problem, however... Is, is that it Sengalese or Sengalese? Sengalese? I don't know. I don't know. Senegal. Senegalese. Sen- Senegali- Senegal immigrant. Man, the problem I is like Netflix- when we both sound really fucking stupid. <laughs> we, we sound so American right now. Sengalese. The problem is the poster featured four young women wearing competitive dance outfits in a very sexualized poses. Yeah. And the movie is called Cuties. And the Netflix original description was about a young girl overcoming her culture and learning how to twerk. Whereas the French poster shows young girls in a non-sexual way where... Like walking walking uh, down a street or something like that. Just walking down a street being young children. I mean, these are like 11-year-olds. The poster, when I first saw it, because you were posting it on the uh, Trash Trashy Instagram, I thought it was um, I thought it was fake. Like, I thought it was a joke because oh. of the way it looks. It's like, why do you have these young girls posed like that? I, it Nothing upsets me more than the sexualization of young girls. Yes. It makes me so mad. Same. It, Netflix has since apologized and corrected the poster and description, but it makes me think that somebody at Netflix knew exactly what they were doing. Of course. Because we're all talking about it. No, of course they knew what they were doing. Because the, the, you know, that one cheerleading show was so popular that maybe they were like, oh, people who like to cheer will like this. But then on the other hand, they were also like, but people who like fucking toddlers and tiaras will also like this because there's four girls on here with like, you know, their dance costumes. I'm not going to say that they're like slutty costumes. They're dance costumes, but with a ton of makeup on. And it just, you know, it was just a very active, weird, weird fucking choice. Yeah, I think it's garbage that Netflix decided. I'm so glad that they corrected because I think that, I mean, this is a black writer-director and I think that they really took something away from her by by releasing this incorrect description originally. Yeah, totally. Uh, you going to watch it though? <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Well, yeah. let me say hell yeah, but then let me say it's going to be in French, so it would be subtitled, so maybe. <laughs> Do you not like watching things with subtitles? I get pretty lazy when it comes to subtitles because most hmm. media is is... While I'm scrolling through my phone, I'm also consuming media. Totally. So, again, maybe. I wa- I'm one of those people who watches everything with subtitles. Not not to say that I only watch foreign films. I'm saying like I will watch everything, both American and foreign, with the subtitles on. I'm mm. a little intense about TV watching because I don't like to miss anything. So I need to hear every word, every joke, everything. If you're around me and I'm watching TV, like, and you enter a room, I'm going to pause the TV. Like, if you start talking and I haven't paused the TV yet, depending on our familiarity, I might get a little fucking annoyed with you because I legit don't like to miss a word. And if I get distracted by my phone, I'll pause it and I'll rewind and I'll go back and I'll rewatch it. I am so crazy about that shit so i know what you're saying or like you can't like 
multitask if it's in another language, but like I mm-hmm. I am not someone who multitasks with TV, which then weird to me that I have time to watch as much TV as I watch. <laughs> like I watch a lot. I The only thing is like if maybe if I've seen something like four different times, then I can have it on the background while I like cook and I still have the subtitles on in case I glance up and I just catch a, a joke. I'm fucking nuts with it. Like I, and I, I also, I have to start everything from the beginning. If someone's like, oh, you should watch, like you should just pick up this show. It doesn't really matter what season you start on. It doesn't matter which episode. I'm like, it fucking does. I have to start from episode one, which is why binge watching is awesome for me. And before we had things like that, I just wouldn't watch shows or I would like go to Blockbuster and get like the DVD set before getting into something. I also have to start at the beginning when watching something like I have to. Like sometimes sometimes I'll rewatch an entire series if a new season's coming out just like to remember. Same because I will forget. I consume so much media (laughs) that I will just forget. I was trying to explain the plot of Search Party I just binged the third season and I was trying to explain the plot from the first two seasons to my boyfriend. (laughs) And I was like, oh, it's my favorite show. I absolutely love Search Party. And he's like, who's that character? (laughs) And I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) And he's like, why are they doing that? I'm like, can't remember. Again, this is my favorite show. (laughs) So funny. So (laughs) according to BBC.com, Samir Anwar from Dudenin on New Zealand's South Island was playing with a Lego piece in 2018 and he put it up his nostril by Lego piece. I mean, like, you know, one of those little Lego arms. He puts it up his nose and then his dad, you know, went up with a flashlight to be like, where is it? couldn't see it so then they were kind of like oh the doctor said that it would find its way out naturally through its body or through his body and then cut to now he's like smelling a muffin that makes him sneeze and he fucking sneezed out the lego hand kids are are lovely pieces of trash (laughs) like are you kidding me oh i love this story so hard Oh, as a parent, I would be losing my mind, losing my ever loving mind. Yeah. Like I would be like mad in a way of like you left like that thing because of your stupid judgment to put that up in your nose in the first place. You've had a piece of plastic in your nose for two years. You stupid, stupid idiot. But maybe that's why I'm not a parent. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think you can call kids stupid idiots anymore. I think they they really frown upon it. But- I get the sentiment. This damn PC culture. Yeah, I want to call kids stupid idiots if they're acting like stupid idiots. Speaking of acting like a stupid idiot in public. San Francisco artist. Who is his name? I had it and now it's gone. Oh, Tim Gaskin, the artist in San Francisco and former LGBTQ radio host, had a major Ken meltdown, which I guess is the male equivalent of Karen in a Marshalls after being asked to put on a mask. So continuously kept talking about a $75,000 fine that the store would be facing if they kicked him out. But everything that he was talking about was referring to fake things that are actually real. You will not get a $75,000 fine if you kick someone out of your store for not wearing a mask in the United States, at least. The freedom to breathe agency is what he was touting, which which is made up. He made it up. Yeah. Well, he didn't make it up. Someone made it up. And a lot of people believe it's real. Which is unfortunate. It's very unfortunate. He then proceeded to use the F word. I'm not talking about fuck. I'm talking about a different one uh, a bunch of times. And then uh, he pulled out his penis, just unzipped his pants and pulled his dick out. So... That's definitely like a, you know, like someone comes at you at like a seven and then you take it to a 15. I oh, think he that's escalated. Right 15 was. Yeah. Yeah. He escalated the situation completely. There was no need to whip your dick out at almost any point in your life. Yeah. No, I don't know. Unless you have to go potty. Do you have to go potty? And you can take your penis out or you're in a consensual sexual situation. Yeah. Keep it in. Keep it, keep it inside, please. Or, you know, you're in a situation where you know, there's a doctor and they say, I just need to see your penis it, because you came in with a penis-related issue. No need to take off your pants. 
I guess then that would work. Although, as I described it, I started to distrust the doctor in this scenario. I've got questions about this doctor's legitimacy. (laughs) I went to the uh, University of um, Medical, and um, I went to school Uh, for- Excuse me, you said the the University Mm -hmm. of Medical- Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Uh, the medical school at University of Medical for uh, eight years, and um, yep, I would just, um, <clears throat> I just need to see your penis. You don't, like I, don't, I said, I, I don't trust this new SAG insurance. Excuse me, I, I think I'm gonna uh, leave. Well, actually, um, I do have uh, the doors locked, uh, but that's procedure now with COVID that we lock the doors. So if you just like to pull out your penis. Only in that scenario is it appropriate to pull out your penis, you know? That specific one right there. That's your power move is like, I'm just going to whip my dick out. Of course that's the power move. I mean, if you had a dick, you would use that as a power move, wouldn't you? LBJ allegedly used to pull it out all the time. That was one of his big power moves was just like whipping his dick out. What a rascal. Presidents, man. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, for real, though, I should start like doing that. Just how, though, (laughs) I can't. It's not the anatomy is a little different, but I'm sure that I could figure out something, you know, or just start mooning people. Oh, just pop pop a tit. Just just one. Just pop a tit. If you get into a Karen like situation. Yeah. You want me to put a mask on? How about this? Huh? Now what? Huh? One tit. Confused? Yeah, one tit, not two. Fuck you. You can't seventy five thousand dollars now. I. It's weird because this guy is like he's done like a lot of art about Kamala Harris, but like in reflecting her positively, I think. And yeah, I don't know. It's a little weird. I think I think someone needs to check in on Tim. <laughs> See how he's doing. Hey Tim, uh, how you doing, honey? I heard about the other day at Marshalls. Yeah, yeah. I know that you said on that video that you thought only about five people would see it, but uh, I think you know that's not the case. So, how you are you good or what's up? You'd come to me if something was wrong, right? <laughs> you know that you can trust you can trust me like that, Tim. When your parents died, I told you come to me. Whenever you, whatever you need, buddy. I hate finding out people that are crazy are on my side. Like he's pro Kamala mm-hmm. and I hate like finding out somebody's on my side. <laughs> That's crazy. You know, but it, it it gives a balance to the world. Cause like, what are the odds that all of the crazy people are Trump supporters? You know? No, that is kind of reassuring, I guess. Just most. Are you ready for the dumpster fire of the week? I can't wait for the dumpster fire of the week. I've been wanting to talk about this for a long time. Dumpster fire of the week. That's an electric guitar that got thrown in the trash. Wow. Uh, (laughs) We're doing it, guys. We're taking on Free Britney. We're taking on Free Britney. Erica, I know you've been passionate about this for a while. I'm pretty sure actually when it started coming up, I texted you and I said, please fill me in. So there's a few websites that we went to, but um, we'll talk about the Huffington Post. It says that Britney Spears tells the court she no longer wants her dad as a conservator. Do you want to give any Free Britney background? Yes. I actually have a Twitter thread, a Twitter thread. From Britney Hiatus. Okay. In January 2008, Britney Spears was taken from her home in an ambulance and forced into a psychiatric care after locking herself in the bathroom bathroom with one of her sons during a custody dispute. This is when a horrific video of the paparazzi chasing the ambulance became free. While normally a 5150 hold would require a person to stay in the hospital for 72 hours, Britney was released the next day because the hospital didn't think she was suffering from any serious mental illness a month later Brittany again was forced into the hospital this is where it was planned ahead of time and they worked with the lapd for weeks to organize a motorcade the length of a football field which included two helicopters holy shit dude that same day britney spears father had all the paperwork yeah like a president her father had the paperwork ready and asked the court to put under what was called a conservatorship in her documents In the documents, her father claimed that she had dementia-related illness, which is inconsistent with 
Britney's ability to tour. Okay, wait. So am I so crazy? Her father- I feel like I feel like they did something similar with Amanda Bynes, where they said that she was having an illness, like or no, or was it Frankie Muniz? Someone was suffering from something like this. But now I'm like, if it was Amanda Bynes, I'm like questioning if it was real or if it was just like something mm-hmm. like you know that they were just trying to say to like for like image purposes. And to get like to get right. control. Well, under this conservatorship, Britney Spears cannot control her own money. She cannot hire an attorney. She can't drive, vote, or see friends without permission from the conservator. She isn't allowed to have custody of her children, and has to have her social media monitored. A preserve, wow. a proposed conservatee is required to be given five days' notice before the hearing. But Britney's dad petitioned the court to not give her notice. As it was granted, meaning that Britney was kept unaware that she was being placed under conservatorship. Really? Yes. Okay. So I'm not trying to question a whole things, thread. but I am going to ask. I am going to ask, like, how did these people know that this uh, is like, all court how do they documents. know? Oh. These are all like public court documents. Again, if you go to at Britney hiatus, you can look up this entire thread. This is one of many threads on the internet that shows documents basically treats the whole thing. Her father controls every element of her life. I mean, there's another conservator as well that is taken over when her father was ill, but essentially she hasn't had control of her life in 12 years. What's crazy about it and that a lot of these, like the Free Britney stuff is about, is that they say, if you're someone who's allegedly so nuts, sorry, that's not a nice word, mm-hmm. but I'm going to use it. I'm sorry. If you're allegedly so mentally unstable that you need a conservatorship, then you shouldn't be working. And Britney has not stopped working. She's toured. She's released albums. She's done acting things. Like she's done so much that it's kind of, it just, it, it almost feels like she's kind of being worked like a horse, you know, rather than someone who they're taking her best interest in her mental health in mind. Um, and imagine you make, you make all that money and you don't even have control or say over it. It's like, it's just so sketch. Despite recent efforts by Britney Spears, there was a court hearing that happened last week to end the conservatorship. Jamie Spears will retain control over his daughter's personal and business affairs until at least February 2021, according to Reuters. Is he Reuters. James Spears or Jamie Spears? Because Jamie is the is Jamie. The, wait, but I thought Jamie was the Jamie Lynn sister. is the sister. Whoa, weird flex, bro. Yeah. They have treated Britney like a workhorse since she was a child. She has always been an object and a, like, that family has had a stage presence with her and seen her as a cash cow for a very long time. Now, her mother opposes the conservatorship, which is a great, great addition to her life now, but has very little weight in court, essentially. And the mom's name is Lynn Spears. So together they made... Jamie Lynn Spears. Jamie Lynn Spears, by the way, her husband's name is Jamie Watson. What the fuck is going on here? I know we're talking about Britney Spears, but this is the story. What's going on with these names? I mean, she's just a Louisiana girl. You run out of names. Nuh-uh. <laughs> There's plenty of names. There's <laughs> of them. I love I love that rebuttal. Nuh-uh. <laughs> I don't know how I could ever overcome such a rebuttal. It's fucking true, though. Jamie Lynn Spears, too. Her birthday's the day after mine, but a year later. So I'm one year and one day older than Jamie Lynn Spears, daughter of Jamie Spears and Lynn Spears, and wife to Jamie Watson. What? I'm sorry. This isn't important. I love that this is what you're taking away from this conversation. What were we talking about? What were we talking about, Brittany? Oh, right. Okay. Has been to wondering who Jamie was, to who Lynn was, to who Jamie was, to who Jamie was. No wonder. Okay. She's had to deal with that her whole fucking life, Brittany has. Mm hmm. 
And why wasn't she Jamie Lynn Spears? Is she the oldest? <sighs> Sorry. Um, what a rabbit hole to dig into. Brian was. Yeah, she's Brian got an older brother. Spears. I recommend everybody give uh, the Free Britney a deep dive and read these documents for yourselves. But our queen, Britney, is being held against her will. And it makes me very sad. The ACLU has offered to help her. So that's how you know it's like pretty legit. Mm-hmm. But she can't hire an attorney herself. She doesn't have the power to hire an attorney. She has to be given permission from the conservatorship to even have representation in court. Ugh, that's so weird. It seems like they would come up with a little bit of some different like rules with the circumstances, right? I mean, these types of conservatorship are typically to preserve and help elderly people and people with things like yeah. severe dementia. This was done in such a shady, shitty way. I mean- also, like, it's our fault, you know? Everything that's wrong with Britney Spears, we can blame Jamie, Lynn, Jamie Lynn, and Jamie for. But we also need to blame ourselves. For, yeah. For, you know, like, the paparazzi and the obsession and all that kind of stuff. Worrying about Britney's virginity she when she was 16 it. years old and, and asking her about it. On yeah. talk shows. I mean, things like that were just outrageous. Like the, the things that we've done to this woman, she deserves to have control of her own money. And if she wants to spend it ridiculously, that's her God right to do. How much money is she worth? Do we know? I don't have a Britney celebrity Spirit net worth. Net worth. Let's see. Do you want to guess? Two hundred million. It's no. It's it says fifty nine million. Business Insider says fifty nine million, but Celebrity Net Worth says two hundred and fifteen million. So I guess Split I guess we'll never know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's go ahead and say you were probably because fifty nine seems low, don't you think? I think Celeb or Business Insider is a more reliable news source. That's than fair. celebrity net worth. Uh, I would love to see what my net worth would be on celebrity net worth. Do you think that you're on there? Let me I look like it up. the rule. Yeah, look it up. I mean, Erica I'm on IMDb. Curry net worth. Okay. Erica Curry net worth. What is Steph Curry's net worth? Is what comes up. Of course. Cousin Steph. Erica Curry, 47, Fort Worth, Texas. Net worth is 10,000 to 24,000. Mm. Oh, God. I'd like so, to do what, what Fort Worth Erica's doing. Really? Fort Worth Erica doesn't have that much money. Yeah, but neither does LA Erica. <laughs> That's fair. That is fair. We gotta, not we gotta do some more Googling of you because I need you. Oh, you are the first two photos, but Steph Curry's really... And someone named Erica Jane. Yes, she's the real housewife of Beverly Hills. Oh, you would know. Hey, speaking of that, what are you hoarding this week? I just found a new show, and it is pure European garbage. Ooh. And I am so obsessed with it. It's called Baywatch Parental Control. And they take couples, and they send them on a holiday. And they have cameras following them around, and then cameras in the rooms of this villa. But what they don't tell them is that there are two-way mirrors, and that Parental everything- guidance? No, parental control. Okay, keep going. And they film them, and then they have two family members watching everything that they do. And then at the end, they get together and confront them over whether they think that this is a good enough relationship. Wait, 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 wait. I need... What is this called? Baywatch Parental Control. Nothing comes up. When Maybe I it's parental it. guidance. Because when I Google parental control, it's the MTV show in 2006, which I know a lot of people who went out for that show because it was a good, easy way to make money. Now there is Parents Guide, Baywatch 2017, Parents Guide, Parental Baywatch, B O Bay. I was spelling it like Baywatch, not Baywatch. <laughs> oh, it's Bay as in B A E. Yes. Okay. I see it. Yes. It's, it's Baywatch Parental it Guidance. So Baywatch this is Parental Guidance. Fucking disgusting and creepy. It's gross. It's such trash. Like they get to go through their suitcases. The family members get to go through the couple's suitcases and pull out like 
sex toys and then confront them about it afterwards. And I'd be like, are you quite kinky? And it is someone's grandmother asking their new boyfriend if they're kinky. I would, and I'm not exaggerating, I would never forgive my family (laughs) if I was subject to something like this. It's it gets pretty outrageous on the confrontations. Wow. People are why are you here? Yeah, but like don't they do they know that they've signed up for anything? Yeah, they know that they're being filmed and they think that they're filming a, you know, couples going on vacation reality show. They are not oh aware of the family element. <sighs> Yuck. No thank you, dude. It's hot garbage. Do anybody does anybody fight? Like while they're being hit filmed? Oh yeah. Like uh one couple uh he hits on a girl in a club and she's just like mm. I'm fucking done. <laughs> just walks away. Like it's great. Holy shit. And that's on Netflix, by the way, what you're talking about. Yes? Yes. On okay. Netflix. I am hoarding on Hulu and also probably on Peacock Network. I don't know that for a fact, though. I'm hoarding Making It. Uh, It's the Amy Poehler, Nick Offerman show. It's a reality competition show of people who make crafts. And it's fucking so sweet. And I cried a bunch as I do whenever I watch television. And it's really, really cute. And it's like, it has it has the sweetness and the support of British Bake Off, you know, where it's like, it's mm. not like Top Chef or like, you know, these things where people are like being a shitty and like sabotaging each other. It's like, everyone helps each other and everyone's supportive and everyone gets along really well. And, you know, it's like bright colors, but like, yeah, making it, it's, it's crazy what these people can make. Like these people are like full blown artists, some of them, you know, and they're just like random, just like moms who just like to craft, but it's so, it's awesome. You guys, you got to watch making it. It's so sweet. Season two is on Hulu right now. And it's just like the nicest fucking show. And uh, it actually inspired me as I was, you know, cause I just moved and I was going to paint my room white because the eggshell that was on the wall prior to this just looked dirty to me. And then by watching Making It, I was like, you know what? I'm going to paint my room green. And now my room is green. I love that for you. I love that journey. Yeah. So I watch Making It. It's easy. It's quick. You know, it's only eight episodes, I think. And it's awesome. Awesome. Cass, tell the people where they can find you. You can find me on Instagram at Cascardiness, and you can also find me on Twitter with the same handle at Cascardiness. Also on Tuesday nights, I am live on the Smodcast Network on the Nooner Podcast. You can also listen to us potted on iTunes or Stitcher, Spotify, etc., etc. Um, we're doing a really cool thing right now that we started on our last episode, which uh, we're doing a radio play, like five, six minute episodes of a radio play that the four of us are all writing uh, scene by scene together. So last week, one of the hosts, Stephen Kruger, wrote a pot. He wrote an episode, and we, you know, we film it before or we tape it beforehand, and we edit it. Uh, but we, I mean, Kruger does. Um, but but we all do voices for it, and it's it's called Buzzsaw to this again. Parentheses Miami Nights because we're creating a sequel to a movie that never existed. Anyways, it's been very fun, and uh, we have a we'll have a new episode that I wrote personally this week on Tuesday. So yeah, come for Nooner, and then around the end of the show, we play our radio play. That's so fun! I love that. Yeah, it's cool. Where can they find you, Erica? I am on Instagram at iconic Erica Curry, and this Friday night on the Pack Twitch channel, uh, Twitch.com/slash Pack Theater. You can catch me. I rewrote an episode of The OC, and we will be doing a live read of the episode that we've rewritten, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, There's a lot of tropes that I've discovered while watching The OC, and it's been been a real good time. But 10 p.m. live, and you can follow us on Instagram at Trashy Podcast and on Twitter at Trashy Podcast 1. Uh, We just want to give a special shout out to all of our new uh, followers, all of our new listeners. We see you. Thank you so much to Europe, Australia, Asia, Canada, all of you listening across the globe, especially the United States. 
Yeah, thanks to people who have been submitting stories. Thank you for submitting stories at TrashyTrashyPodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for your reviews. They've been beautiful, and we really appreciate it. It helps the show grow. It helps other people find the show. So if you like it, please share. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. This has been Trashy Trashy. Hey, Cass. Yeah, Erica. Stay garbage. You can stay garbage, girl. All right. Bye, everybody.